0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of The Masterclass. My name is Cam, and I am joined again for the 21st time <laughs> by my friend Dave. Dave, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing all right. It's good to be here, and I'm looking forward to what we have today.
0: Yeah, we are We are doing a morning show today. We are recording about eight and a half hours earlier than usual.
1: <laughs> so we may sound really sleepy and kind of... <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, so if, if my brain's not functioning, it's due to the fact that I woke up mm, about an hour ago. So, But we're happy to be here, and we're glad to get episode 21 rolling. Um, one more, well, one thing, not more, we haven't done anything yet, so there can't be more, is we have had some, some folks reach out and say they want a She Bears t-shirt. I promise I will get a design out soon, and I will share it on the interwebs. And then we can go from there. I feel like it'd be easier to say you want one if you can see how ugly it or not ugly it will. be. That would be true, yeah. <laughs> for all you, you know, know, what it, you're buying, it could be some like ugly like chartreuse with like hot <laughs> pink letters on it. That would be not worth anyone's money. Yeah, I wouldn't want one of those. No. So we probably won't do that then. I sure hope not. That would be that would be. Uh, um, what word am looking for? We'll just go with bad. I can't can't come up with anything more creative than that right now. But that's all of the follow-up or intro stuff. We didn't really have anything from last week when we were talking about judging people. So not surprising there's a lack of follow-up from that episode.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. No one wants to judge us. I don't know. Yeah. Although as soon as Cam and I got done with the podcast, we started a separate conversation. And... I immediately jumped into the very thing <laughs> that we said we shouldn't do, and I forgot about that. Cam was gracious enough to remind me without. <laughs> I was making I me was feel being bad. Snarky, I wasn't being gracious, but okay. So yeah, <laughs> so you know, just so you all know out there that we do the very thing. Well, I'm not gonna say we didn't say to do it, or but it was. I, we've never pretended to be something like that, that we wouldn't say that, we're, that we don't do those things. It was just humorous how quickly <laughs> I had fallen right back into that. So, yeah, that's kind of folks that you're listening to. And normal people? Normal people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well,
0: I suppose, unless you just want to tell them a joke.
1: No, I have no
0: jokes. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any that are appropriate for the podcast. I can think of right now. Yeah, <laughs> they're all stupid. <laughs> Anyways, uh, today we are going to focus on Matthew chapter seven, verses seven through eleven, which now makes me want a Slurpee. Did you know it was free Slurpee day on, on July eleventh? I did not. Seven eleven. You can mm. go get a free. It's like a little Slurpee, but you can go get one. Did not know that. Slurpees are an old an old time Brennan tradition. I like slurpees. Which explains why we're all a little (laughs) little crazy. But uh, Dave, would you do us the honors? And then I guess we can start quizzing each other.
1: Absolutely. So Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? All right. So what can we ask
0: for? Can I just be like, hey God, I'm going to ask for a
1: BMW M3. Yeah, I haven't gotten one yet. So I would say no, because I it, well, I I'll, I'll put it to this way: how does that uh, how does that worked out for you? <laughs> have you have you not very well, Dave? Thanks. <laughs> in fact, I think uh, that was a, a communist ploy back in the day. They would to convert children to communism, they would tell them to pray to Jesus, pray to God for something as simple as a meal, fresh, you know, hot bread and that sort of thing. And so the kids would pray and they wouldn't get what they needed. And then they would tell them to pray to, uh, I can't think of who the leader was now. So Stalin. <laughs> I, I think it was Stalin. Maybe it wasn't Marx, but basically pray to the communist state. Pray, to, you mm-hmm. know, ask the communist state to give you what you need. And the kids would pray and then they would receive warm, hot bread and course i think it only worked probably once <laughs> and then they got stale cheese and long lines and <laughs> <laughs> things like that but so well why
0: can't i ask for anything ask and it will be given to you seeking you will find and it uh, knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks will be opened
1: there doesn't seem to be any caveats there. No. Um, you know, I think um, the first, one of the first things that comes to my mind is is if, if you think of um, Old Testament Proverbs, Psalms, um, you know, one of the things that we are encouraged to ask for is to seek wisdom and understanding, which, you know, are greater gifts than silver or gold. So I think, I think there is a, um, you need to not be asking for things that are just what you want. I think there's an element of coming alongside God and praying the prayers that God would have us prayers, H- having, having us pray the prayers that God would have us pray and not just praying what we want. Cause I think that's what we do. I think we come before God and we just kind of Regurgitate all these things that we want, Not, and I don't mm-hmm. think necessarily God doesn't want us to do that. But so I think um,
0: <clears throat> my my response to that question of why can't I ask for anything, and you know why can't I name it and claim it and and all that stuff, is that um, in verse eleven says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And I don't think there's anything inherently bad about me wanting a BMW M3. I just want a comfy four-door car that can roast a <laughs> Corvette off the line um, <laughs> with a full load, fully loaded car. Um, but I... W- When I think of, you know, how the word good is used specifically in the Gospels with Jesus. People call Jesus good. And he says, no, the only good person or good thing is God. So when Jesus uses the word good, and he just also happened to call us evil in the same sentence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He says, when you who are evil know how to give good things to your kids, how much more will God, who is good in every possible way, give you good things? And so I don't think that there's anything bad about wanting a BMW M3, but I don't think that it's a good thing in that my desire for a BMW M3 is to glorify God. No, it's to drive really (laughs) fast in a really good looking car. You know, there's no... It's a completely selfish desire of mine to have a really nice car, to be able to drive fast and gear shift and power slide and all the stuff I shouldn't be doing on the roads anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my desire for it is not to glorify God. It's not to um, bring him honor. it's not to use that BMW to go share the gospel with other people, right? It's, it's a selfish desire to get something that I want. That, so that's why I wouldn't consider it a good thing that that, you know, I would want one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So does that make sense? Sure. So I think if we are going to ask for <clears throat> things from God or or seek or knock or whatever, you know, um, metaphor we want to use, we, we can't expect God to give us gifts or these blessings if they're not going to be good by his standards. Which are pretty strict and, you know, very exclusive. Yeah. So, that was my thought.
1: Well, in James 4, 4, says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God, or you suppose it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace, therefore, it says. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace uh, to the humble. And submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So, um, All of that follows the verse I probably should have started with, which was <laughs> verse number three. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Aha. So the BMW M3 is probably spending it on your passions versus uh, a desire to glor- glorify God. So, um, And then even that, Verse two, you de- you desire and do not have, so you murder, you Yikes. covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. And then it kind of goes back to the verse that we were just referring to, you do not have because you do not ask. And then when you do ask, you don't receive because your motives are wrong. Mm-hmm. So, and so, yeah, it, and it's, um, I believe that God is the giver of all good things And I believe that he blesses people, but that I just don't think that can be your focus. I don't think your motivation can be to pursue material things that'll, that you think will make you happy because one, they're not going to, Mm -hmm. I mean, time and again, things never live up to our, at least for me, things, material things have never lived up uh, to my expectations. And I think even further along, Um, in that bird, James four, it talks about, you know, making plans and, and boasting about whatever. And it's like, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so you gotta, even when you do get those material things, hold on loosely to them because you just don't know how long you're even going to have them. Well, we, we
0: touched on this, I think a little bit earlier, um, But the next question I had was, this seems overly optimistic. (laughs) Am I wrong to be suspicious of this passage? Like, and we we, we talked about the motivation aspect of it, but not knowing that, you know, you read this and you're just kind of like, this doesn't really seem to jive with a lot of what has come before it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what's come before it is, you know, don't, don't lie, don't cheat, don't be an adulterer, um, don't judge other people. Um, that sort of stuff, and that was just like ask and you'll get it, and seek and you'll find. And it, it just it, the tone seems to shift if you don't understand what James is saying there, mm-hmm. or or what Jesus means by good and evil. Um, <clears throat> but is it is it something that we should? I mean, because it just seems like a dangerous passage that could be abused by people that don't understand what it means or don't have a, a full understanding of the gospel
1: yeah a- absolutely and that yeah that definitely is overly optimistic and definitely want to be suspicious of that when you you use it for the whole um, you know claim it what is it that I'm looking for name it claim name it, it and claim it thank you I couldn't think of it it is early my brains <laughs> not to... Gonna quite firing like it should be. Name it and claim it, or just any of these prosperity gospels that are out there of that, you know, God wants to bless you and give you all these material things. Uh, I I just don't, I, that's just not the case. <laughs> um, you know, the, the first one I would just, the, the simplest way for me to just, in my mind, put a grasp around that is just uh, that we're that we're supposed to be like Jesus. We're supposed to seek Him, and if you look at the life that He lived, uh, you know He was a carpenter, and even after doing carpentry for thirty some years or whatever it was, twenty some years, uh, He lived a very modest existence. And then when they, you know, the people wanted to make Him king and put Him on a throne, He was like, "That's not why I came. That's not my purpose." And so. Um, you know, if we look at how Jesus lived and he existed and uh, what he came to do, I don't think there's a whole lot of evidence for us to be doing the name it and claim it or the prosperity gospel. Um, Now, at the same time, uh, if you're not being able to meet your basic needs, I do believe God wants to do that for us. And we talked about that not too long ago with the the grass in the field and the lilies and that sort of thing, uh, God, I mean, he will certainly provide. And I've seen that time and again, uh, in my life, I've seen it in the lives of other people and, uh, he gets great pleasure in providing us with things. But if we start thinking it's to be wearing designer suits and, you know, have a stadium full of (laughs) followers in our church, then yeah, probably not so much. Yeah, I just, I think...
0: How do I want to say this? I think that it is very tempting to want this to be true in the BMW M3 sense. Because that means we get to live the good life now. You know? The easy life now. Um, But taking this passage to mean, you know, prosperity or just blessings and blessings, because that's what God wants, is really just does fly in the face of the entire theme of suffering throughout the whole Bible and humanity's existence, and that, you know, there's this, this American, or Western even, not just American, but this Western idea that we shouldn't have to suffer, that we should be able to do what we want when we want to make us happy so that we don't have to suffer. And, you know, if you look at the, you know, uh, American entertainment industry, it's all about kind of medicating that suffering. Like, I want to be entertained, I want to laugh, I want to go devote myself to a sports team or... Um, You know, you watch reality TV to make your life feel a little bit better because, (laughs) you know, um, and so I just think it's, it's very tempting in a culture that is so caught up in excess and success and, um, being materially rich, um, to look at this and go, oh yeah, of course God wants me to have this sort of lifestyle, um, You know, and living where we live, we see a lot of excess, um, you know, in in this part of Kansas City. And it's it's very, um, I think it's very difficult to communicate that to people, to communicate the idea that um, suffering is a part of life, regardless of if you're a Christian or not, it just happens. Um, But secondarily, that there's a purpose to that suffering in Christianity. And third of all, your wealth may be getting the way of your eternal salvation. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to tell people that they need Jesus and they need the truth of the gospel when they look around and say, "Mm, I'm doing pretty good you know i've got a nice house i've got a nice car my kids wear nice clothes go to nice schools play sports with good coaches like it's hard it's hard to break through that i think um, and so i almost kind of i don't know without going prosperity gospel it's hard to communicate that they actually have a need but they can say oh well I think maybe that's why the prosperity gospel is appealing to rich people because they can still be rich and still be opulent and still be, you know, um, very into material things. And it's okay because God wants them to have that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I don't think that means that God doesn't, I mean, obviously, you know, David and Solomon were loaded and were really rich. And, you know, Israel was doing really good for a time. So it does not that God is anti-wealth or Christians should all be poor like you've talked about before in the past. It's just I think that when, um, when we misinterpret one section of Scripture and apply that to the American lifestyle, it flies in the face of the rest of what, as you said, Jesus came to do mm-hmm. and what he said and how he lived and how he acted. So I just think it's, yeah, it's a very um potentially troubling passage if it's not interpreted correctly.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing too is is I think there's this un this implicit kind of if you are not experiencing growth and prosperity, then you're doing something wrong. And that is certainly not the case. I was like go read the book of Job. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's and case number one.
1: And that's and I think that's it is We need to focus on this element of God. What is it that you have for me now? And uh, I'm content in plenty, and I'm content in want. I'm content with uh, this is where God has me. And I certainly struggle with that. I certainly struggle with that in terms of mine isn't so much with the things that I have. Mine is more I struggle with that in terms of... um, feeling fulfilled in what I'm doing. I mean, that's very much my place of uh, not being content with where God has me and thinking I want something else, uh, be somewhere different. So, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, so with this verse, I just, I think it is truly about um, seeking what it is that God has for us and putting him first Uh, And I know he talks about this later in the verse and I've mentioned it many times in here, but as a, as a parent, you know, your kids ask for things all the time, I mean, (laughs) all the time. Uh, You know, the one that, that is just funny to me is I remember going to an auto parts store with my daughter, Caroline, and she's truly like, you can just tell, like she's in the story going, what's here for me, what's here for me kind of thing to the point where she wanted a steering wheel cover. And I mean, I think she was like six, seven, eight in there. (laughs) And so she's asking me for a steering wheel cover. And I'm like, why do you need a steering wheel cover? Oh, it's pretty. I want it. And it's like, well, one, you don't really have a use for a steering wheel cover. And, you know, and so I think oftentimes when we go to God with our request, he views us that same way of, uh, I want a steering wheel cover Uh versus I, there's something I really want. And so as a parent, one of the things that, you know, and I'm not going to say this is a hard and fast rule for us, but it's one of the things that I've learned is what do my children ask for on a consistent basis? And I'm talking over months, you know, if my kid is still telling me this, you know, three months from now, then this is probably something they really, really want and desire. And, you know, there may need to be more of a conversation with them in terms of why do you want it, you know, is it going to be a reward for something? Is it, you know, how are you going to help pay for it? What, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of a thing. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think that's even true with us, uh, for God of just, um, you know, and asking for a, a BMW, I think there is an element of that could fall under this, but I think any of us that are genuine in our request, are going to kind of get to this point of before God going, okay, I feel silly asking for this BMW. If I'm truly seeking him Mm -hmm. and abiding in him, I feel silly asking for this BMW. But I'm not going to say that there isn't, you know, this sort of like, God, this is something I truly just desire that may seem a little bit out there in terms of a material request that over time it continues to be on our heart and we continue to ask for it, and then we find ourselves there. Uh, with that particular thing that we've been asking for. Because, like I said, God is certainly the giver of all good things. Uh-huh. And I don't think he's opposed to those kinds of um, gifts to us. Um, but, again, I think you can kind of take a take a quick sort of personal evaluation and go, okay, yeah, my motivation for this BMW is not pure. Um, but I'm not going to say that there's never, ever those kinds of
0: things so all right so how um, how does this passage relate to the times in life where we don't get what we ask for or we don't find what we seek for and when those things may be legitimate like yeah exactly. i've been looking for a job in a church for the last 19 months And I'm qualified and I have education and I have experience and I haven't found one. So how does, you know, and I feel like that's a good thing for me to want to do, to use my talent, to use my education, to use my experience to help, you know, other folks get to know God better.
1: Yes. And so how does this make sense with that? <laughs> and I think maybe that's probably where the, this is where the true, true issue or the wrestling with this verse really comes from is that, okay, I get the whole, I'm not supposed to ask, I'm not supposed to ask for a BMW, but uh, I have a sick child that I want healed. Why am I not seeing uh, my sick child healed? Or, I'm looking for a job and I'm not getting the job or I'm praying for here's praying for somebody's salvation. I'm praying for this person's salvation and I'm not uh, getting an answer. Clearly, God, you want this person, you know, you tell us that you mm. want people to know you and to be saved. And yet I'm not uh, seeing an answer. Um, again, um, this may seem like a lame cop out, but one, uh, I don't think we can totally comprehend the sovereignty of God.
0: I just... No, I know. I know that we can't know that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is... There's some philosophy for you. Yeah. And what kind of God do you want to serve? Do you want to serve a God you can understand, or do you want to serve a God that's bigger than you and mm-hmm. is bigger than what your finite little mind can get? And I'd rather serve a God that I don't um, totally understand. And so... um. I think there are one. Maybe we need to we need to change our prayers. Um, if you know if I'm if I'm praying for my sick child to be healed, and it's not happening, um, at some point maybe I need to go before God and say, "Okay, God, if this is not how I'm supposed to pray, then I'm asking you to show me what it is that I need to be praying." And maybe He's going to show you that uh one it's that's kind of what you're going to grow from this mm-hmm. two your child is going to grow from this and three when you uh when you live a life uh serving your sick child I'm glorified by that you may not feel it you may not sense it but people see you in the life that you're living and how you're pursuing me and daily you know doing what you need to do for your sick child and I'm going to be glorified. And like it or not, but that's my ultimate priority. Is for me to be glorified and not for your child to be healed. And then I don't know. People may think this is a cop out. I think that child is going to be healed in heaven. So there is there is a, a being made whole mm-hmm. uh, eventually someday. Uh, the other thing is 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 God may just say it's not time yet.
0: You know, it may not
1: be time yet. And so I'm continuing, I'm continuing, I'm asking you to continue to pray the way you've been praying mm-hmm. for healing, but it's going to be in my time and it's it's going to be my way. Um, I believe in miraculous healings where things can instantly, uh, overnight uh, change. Um, <laughs> recently, actually just saw a video about that that occurred in like Latin America or South America where a child that, had twitching and couldn't control their body movements was literally healed, uh, in this video. And it just gave me chills. It gave me goosebumps. And I'm like, okay, God, you're obviously out there doing this kind of stuff. Um, I think he can heal over time. I think God can heal through doctors. You know, I think he gives us modern medicine and things like that. So, um, if I had to sum up what it is that I'm trying to say, it's seek him, continue to put him first. And ask Him to search us. Ask Him to uh, reveal to us if our prayers need to change, if we need to pray differently uh, than what we're praying. So, those are, I guess, possibilities. Because <laughs> ultimately, I think it is about Him being glorified. Mm-hmm. You know, in our finite minds, it's that's hard to understand. So,
0: yeah, I think it's it's. I mean, specifically in my case. It's hard for me to understand how God may be glorified while I work at a bank. <laughs> like <laughs> and I talked you know all my coworkers know that I'm a Christian and, and you know, a lot of them ask questions or, you know, based on the way I respond to news or whatever, they you know, ask me further questions like why'd you respond that way? Well, here's why I responded that way. <laughs> um, so it's pretty obvious to the people I work with Um, that I'm a Christian. And so maybe that's what, you know, as far as I know, none of them have, I gave one of my coworkers a Bible and he reads it, but I don't think he's a Christian. I just think he's interested, Um, you know, but. Which is a great
1: place to be. Exactly. (laughs)
0: But, you know, like, and who knows what will happen from my time at the bank, you know, but it's just like, I know that I don't like it. And I know that I would rather do like this <laughs> and other, you know, podcasts and writing full time or do this part time or work at a church part time or, or do that full time and can continue to do this on the side. And I feel like this is glorifying to God because we're trying to help both ourselves and other people, um, understand Jesus better, you know, and what he said and what he did and, why it actually does matter to us today, right now, you know, in the very spot that you are listening to this, it matters. Um, And so it's just, it's, I think the struggle for me is to, is to trust God in that I'm not getting what I'm asking for, but there's the potential for him to do good things with the people I work with at the bank. You know, and, and I, I've been promoted twice at the bank in the first year. So that's kind of a sign that, like, all right, God, this doesn't usually happen. You, <laughs> you don't go from a part-timer to an assistant branch manager in a year unless, you know, God's kind of got his hand in that. And, and I'm just kind of scratching my head as to why that may be, you know. And it's looking at how it all shook out and how the path was literally just opened before me to walk into both of those promotions – um, is to me like one of the one of the most obvious times I've seen God at work in my life. Like all of these things just happened, and then all of a sudden, just like kind of like in a maze where the walls move, it was just like boop, 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 straight line. And I was like, <laughs> oh wow, I've never like like I've heard stories of that, but I'm just like, but really about this about about the bank? Really? Why not about like this other stuff that? I feel like I should be doing. Um, But yeah, I I have no idea why he has me there and why it's worked out the way that it has. Um, But it doesn't make it less frustrating. I mean, even when you see God's hand in your life, if it's not where you think it should be or what you want, it can still be frustrating, even though it's really kind of amazing to be like, oh my gosh, God, God did that. So... I don't know. Um, I think just being patient and
1: yeah, and I mean, not my strong suit. I and I would, I mean, I'd completely agree with you in that too. Is uh, you know, in my current position, I desire to. I don't. I'm. I don't know. It's just interesting the way I feel like I continue to get more responsibility am I, and I'm like, I don't want it. (laughs) Get it away from me. Leave me alone. And it's, you know, I I pray, I truly do pray that when people see that they, they, they have a sense of, um, this is because he is a follower of Christ. I hope that that's the case. I don't feel like that. I do a very good job of doing Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, pointing people towards God in the job that I do on a daily basis. And so, I don't know, maybe that's what I need to be doing as well is making a a more sincere effort to um, be pointing people towards him and uh, using that as a ministry opportunity versus wishing the time away, as I often (laughs) do.
0: (laughs) All right, last question. Mm -hmm. What does it say about God that he wants to give us good things? As it says there at the end of verse 11.
1: You know, I think it um, it tells us that we serve a loving and a caring God, and I know so often um, when I have conversations with non-Christian friends about God, inevitably one of the biggest hindrances that people have, or the thing that they want to use as a hindrance. Uh, the thing they want to throw out there is I don't understand how a good God can let bad things happen to people. And so, you know, natural disaster is probably one of the biggest things that that people sort of point to in terms of, you know, earthquakes and and, uh, people dying and and being hurt. Um, You know, I think for that matter, just general uh, uh, suffering... Of, I think um, you know. I think people have this idea of everything. Well, I think in tr- we, I, I think we were created with the idea of heaven in mind. That you know, we desire heaven. We desire the paradise that was created on this earth, and that's sort of a, you know, in the back of our mind. That's the way the world is supposed to be. And then we see this conflict of, you know, how can a good God allow bad things to happen, and and that sort of thing. And you know, ultimately, it comes down to sin has entered the world and man has free will and that's i think what the consequences of all of that um is and so uh this verse here just says um god is a loving and caring god and he loves us infinitely more uh than we could ever imagine and um again you know uh we would we would probably we would if we had our way, we'd probably choose eternal life on this earth with a nice house, a nice car, a swimming pool, all the crap that we ever wanted. And, uh, not literal crap, but junk, (laughs) um, you know, things that we just don't need. And we would choose that when God's like, no, I, you, I have eternity with me planned. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just again, I don't even think we even comprehend uh, just how awesome having God in our life and being in His presence really is going to be. I think we get snapshots of it here on in this life, but being in His presence is probably one of the greatest is the greatest thing that we could ever experience. And so He's like, I have better things for you. You would choose this, but this is what I have for you, and. I also do believe that whether you live a comfortable 120-year life on this earth or a miserable 120-year existence, it's both are going to seem like just insignificant compared to the eternity that we have ahead of us. So, that's yeah, hard to fathom. Yeah, it, it is. And I, you know, I quite frankly, you know, there are things like, you know, young girls being sold into sex slavery. I just that i'm just like god how do you let that go on uh obviously i think we have a responsibility There are clearly christians called to to deal with that to support it financially whatever it may be but um yeah there are things and even in my job that i come across that i just go god (laughs) are you do you paying attention do you see this you know and it's just it's hard to to fathom so i don't know what is your what are your thoughts on what this tells us about god Um, well, I think it just kind of, it goes
0: with what has come before it, um, that man routinely screws the pooch in big and small ways alike. Um, yet God is still willing to give us good things like after all that Israel did, And all the good stuff that God gave them and all the judgments that God passed on them, after all of the stuff that they did, he still sent Jesus. And there were still people in Israel that were like, eh, I'm good, you know, which is why Judaism is still a thing today. But to me, it just kind of goes with the program that God would want to give us good things. Um, it doesn't mean I understand it or that I would do the same thing if I were in his shoes <laughs> right like, eh, and exactly. you're, you're cut off like we're done. Um, but I think to me that's one of the the hardest parts about Christianity to get or your mind around is that somebody would accept us for who we really actually yeah. truly are, and then go, oh, here's some really good stuff, like eternal life and forgiveness and, you know, the Holy Spirit to help you learn how to live this new life. I think, to me, that's the harder part right. for people to wrap their mind around than living by a certain uh, ethical, you know. If, if Christianity were a philosophy... It'd be easier, I think, for people to go, oh, I can get with that. But I think the tripping point, like as Christ said, is is that gospel of not only have you done really terrible things, I know every single one of them. I knew they were going to happen before you did them. And I still chose to send my son to die in your place so that I could give you good things, even though you don't deserve any of it. Yeah. Like, I think that is the, like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense because that's not how anyone else operates. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you read scripture from the beginning to the end, th- that is the consistent measure of God. There is judgment and there is correction and there is punishment as there ought to be, but there is always good things that he is giving consistently Um, and so I think it's just one of those things that we have to accept as fact. God does want to give us good things, even though we can't figure out why. (laughs) I still haven't figured it out, you know? Um, but I just, I think it, it shows me that there is hope for a better day. When I don't make the mistakes that I make because I'm in heaven. Yes. And I can experience the good things of God without the necessary judgment because sin will be gone. Yep. And that will be awesome. Because it'll just be like, and good thing, and good thing, and good thing. <laughs> And more good things over there, and good things there, and good things here. So, you know, I feel like he'll be like the Oprah of good things. You get a good thing. You get a good things for everybody. <laughs> but until then, until then. We have to wade through all of the life that goes on around us, all of the bad things that happen. Yep. So, anyhow. Well, anything else, Dave? I think that's it. You think that's it? All right. Well, I think that's a fair fair place to end today, since we don't have any more questions written down. No. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We are uh, always happy... To know that a few people make it all the way to the end of these episodes, so thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, we would love to hear from you. Pretty, 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 pretty please. Yes. Uh, at Masterclass FM on Twitter, um, Dave is at ten eight HBO T E N the number eight. I almost said letter <laughs> like you did last week, and uh, HBO, uh, and I'm at Cam Brennan, and we also have an email address. Masterclassfm at gmail.com because today I'm too cheap to pay for email. I, I we, I have an idea we can get. Anyways, <laughs> so that email might change in the future. I don't know. Last but not least, you can find the show notes at masterclassfm.com/slash/masterclass/slash/21. Yeah, 21. Yes, our our show is now of legal drinking age, Dave. <laughs> I, was, I swear I wasn't going to make that joke, and I just did it. I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, be in touch. Yeah. Please, we'd love to meet new people and say hi, and thank you, you know, for listening. Yep. See you later. Yeah. Ta-ta.